Hey, everybody, Dave Hagen here. People are still quitting their jobs right and left. The great resignation. Nick and I are going to talk about this. We have more thoughts. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Financial Wellness Podcast, or the TFWP, as we like to talk about it here. We're coming to you today from Woodland Hills, California, San Diego, California, and beautiful downtown Van Nuys. California with me today. Nick. Nick, how you doing? Good, Dave. How are you? Good, good. Hey, big news I hear from Nick. Nick got himself a job. A few weeks ago, we were talking about the fact that you passed the bar exam and um, I was kidding you about, hey, now you got to go out and find a job because I know law jobs can be pretty hard to find. And here you go. Two, three weeks later and you got yourself a job, but you know, uh cream rises to the top so congratulations <laughs> mr nick how you doing thank you yeah you can now call me an associate attorney there you go there you go did they give you your uh, business cards yet it's not yet but but once i do i will give them to you and you can give them to all your friends dave i like it i like it they put you on the letterhead yet <laughs> i i am on the letterhead and and i'm also practicing in California state court and federal court. Nicely played. Now, did you get admitted in federal court yet? You got to go down there and do all that stuff. You got to promise to tell the truth and follow the law and all that stuff. (laughs) I am. Nicely played. Nicely played. You know, I remember back when, uh, when I had started, it was a big adjustment because I'd been in law school and you have a little more control over your schedule. Then you have no control over your schedule while you're studying for that little quiz and then you got to go out and you got to start working. You got to start grinding that nine to fiver. What's that like? Are you adapting? Um, I wish it was a nine to five. That yeah. would be nice. Well, I mean, <laughs> law hours are usually longer, but yeah. What's that like? Um, it's a lot, Dave. I wish I was back in law school. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, you Um, don't. No, you don't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's uh, the first time where it's a really tough challenge. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, going back to work and working full time is, is a grind, man. And especially in law, it's a grind because it just, it consumes your head um, all day long if you're doing it right. So, you know, it'll take a while to um, build up that snap stamina and hang in there. But uh, this is something to remember when you're looking at your, you know, your, your big picture, your long-term career goal. Um, you know, do you want to open, open a law firm? Do you want to make partner at this firm? Do you want to go into to something else? Do you uh, want to make a lot of money on a podcast and just do this for a living? You know, uh, it gives you a lot <laughs> of things to think about, right? I see what you did there, Dave. I know. Put a little, uh, put a little thing in there. But I got to tell you, uh, you know, 
on the TFWP, we don't have a lot of sponsors. So everyone knows, one, we're, we're not being paid by anyone to affect our, our comments or our opinions, but uh, we ain't getting rich on this yet. Maybe someday. I see what you're doing, Dave. I see what you're doing. <laughs> All right, let's dive into today's uh, topic. You know, we're, we're still seeing a lot of art articles on the internet, even in the paper, about the great resignation. Heck, there was a piece on uh, 60 Minutes a couple uh, weeks ago about the great resignation. And I, for one, am absolutely fascinated and captivated by this. So I wanna talk about this more. You know, to recap, vast numbers of people have been quitting their jobs the last three or four months and everyone's going, what gives? Why are all these people quitting? The people that are quitting are primarily in food service and, and hospitality. So one might think that, you know, this is the, the lower income part of the spectrum, but uh, people, all up and down the spectrum are quitting their jobs in, in, in other fields, in fields as well. So why are people quitting in such numbers? You know, um, a few months ago, we talked about this and we thought people were uh, quitting because they were still living on their government benefits through coronavirus. Um, some people were doing actually fairly well. In fact, they were doing better on government benefits than, than they were working. But uh, that might have been part of it. Uh, several months ago, but these benefits are, are starting to run out and something's still going on. A few months ago, when we talked about this, we thought that maybe people were reevaluating their lives uh, based upon their COVID experience. Well, I think this, you know, this might be true, uh, you know, especially for people who used to, you know, commute a lot. Um, people are going, wow, I could have, you know, I could have died during COVID. Remember, we were all hanging out in our house. We we're all avoiding each other. Uh, the worst part was there was there was no sports on TV, live sports. We we're all watching uh, reruns of Super Bowls and stuff. And I remember when when SNL came out the first time back on the air and and um, they were doing it by way of video clips and Tom Hanks came out and uh, he says, hey, it's going to be okay. And I remember when that episode finished, I thought, God, yeah, we're, we're going to get we're going to get through this. But I think it's caused people to really evaluate um, their lives. And, you know, a, a few months ago, we said, hey, people are quitting to, to move up to make more. And I think this is true. Remember, we spoke with uh, our resident millennial, Amanda, a few months ago, and she didn't quit her job, but she stopped waiting to be called back. And she went out and got a better paying job. I, you know, I, I think that people are looking to move up. But what else is going on out there? I think there's more to it. And I've been, you know, kind of following this on the internet and various periodicals. I find this just fascinating. There was an opinion piece in the New York Times last week, and it talked about the great renegotiation, not the great resignation, which everybody is kind of the tag put on it, but the New York Times talked about it is the great renegotiation. And this may be part of it. People simply don't want to work for what they were getting paid before. And if they don't, okay, I'm, I'm fine with that, especially on the lower spectrum of the, of the pay. You know, it turns out that maybe crappy jobs don't necessarily equate to crappy pay anymore. People are going, hey, you want me to go out and shovel that stuff? Well, you know, it's going to take a little more than minimum wage. And I think that's great. 
I think the true cost of labor, what people will feel comfortable making to do a, you know, a crappy job should be in, included in the cost of, of goods and services. So, so maybe that's part of it. I, for one, am happy to see that. Although um, we're in a time where inflation is something that's being talked about. And um, certainly the higher cost of labor will lead to the higher cost of goods, higher cost of um, you know, labor leading up to the higher cost of goods and causes the economy to start to heat up. And now you've got the Fed increasing interest rates. So it's interesting to see how these things are all interrelated to each other. But I'm glad to see people working for something closer to what they think the true cost of their labor is. This past week, I saw something that was written by Ariana Huffington, um, and it was about people rethinking their work-life balance. And we've talked about this before on the podcast. And you know, she said that maybe we're going to have to rename that and call it the life-work balance. You know, I've heard people say words matter, and I think that they do. And this may, may very well be true, that people are looking at this, thinking about this. You know, we're already going down the, the path with the millennial and Gen X generations, and they're talking about their, their life balance and what they want to do. They're rethinking how they're spending their money. They're rethinking whether they want to own real estate. They, they're rethinking how they interact with their job. And I think that maybe, you know, the coronavirus um, perspective has, has brought this to the fore. I think people are sitting at home and or we're sitting at home and thinking, wow, what if, what if I, I die from the plague? Um, it was a pretty brutal time. I, I lost several people um, that I knew. Nick, did you, did you lose people that you knew? Fortunately, no, Dave. Um, oh, God, I'm I so know, happy. I know people that have, and it's so traumatic. Um, I'm just fortunate that I'm not one of those people. Good for you. Good for you. Happy to hear that. You know, I think, I think part of this discussion too is people wanting to work from home. It turns out that, that Zoom in many instances works. You know, I mean, one of the reasons that, that employers didn't want people to work at home is because they thought they would just be sitting around, you know, having a little party all day long. And it turns out that for many jobs, not all jobs, but for many jobs, that's not necessarily the case. In fact, remember, we, we, we did a podcast, Nick, on when people show up to the office, how many, how many hours are, are they actually productive? Because right. people go to the water cooler, they go to the bathroom, they drive in, they talk to people. Um, it turns out a lot of them are looking for other jobs uh, on social media. And I forget what the exact number was, but it was some insane number. Like out of eight hours at people at the job, they're productive three hours. Well, anyone yeah. could be productive three hours at home, it, right? It's wild. Yeah. No, it, it was crazy. I never, I always suspected that there was some of that going on. I never expected that it could be quite that that crazy. So I don't know. Things are changing out there. It's it's kind of interesting to watch. And um, you know, it looks like we've we've substantially made it through the corona thing, although we've you know had another um a wave just recently. And it looks like perhaps this thing could be with us for potentially forever as some kind of a flu or something, some kind of a thing that we're going to need to monitor and keep track of. But um Gosh, there are some some silver linings, if you will. People have reevaluated their life. People have thought about the interplay between their life um, and their work. 
um, maybe work isn't going to be such an important part of our psyche on a go forward um, basis. Except Dave, yeah. you know, I have, you know, <laughs> here, here in San Diego, you know, I have some friends that are teachers and, you know, many teachers, at least down here. And I think maybe state or nationwide, you know, have some trepidation or have some anxiety or fear about going to work and to be around kids. And, you know, some of them have caught, you know, the virus and they're really second guessing whether they want to be a teacher anymore. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out in the future. Well, I mean, I think, I think you're right. My experience is that been that by and large, uh, the vast majority of teachers are teachers because they take great joy and pride at, you know, bringing along a, a generation. Um, they're, they're not in it to make the money, although there are some really nice things to being teacher like pensions and, and time off, but the vast majority of them are just totally excited about, you know, teaching kids and, and bringing kids along. And yet, um, are you going to, are you going to risk your health? You know, that, that's a tough thing. Um, and everybody's got their own level of comfort. You know, um, we had, um, uh, three couples that were going to go to dinner a couple of weeks ago and we decided to, to cancel it because one of us had been exposed, even though, um, he had tested negative. Um, they just didn't want to take that risk yet. I know one of those couples, uh, was at the Laker game the night before. So everybody has their own level of, you know, own level of comfort. It's going to have to make their own decision. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's really interesting to watch, um, you know, what's going on out there. Now, that being said, I, th I think we've come to the understanding that a completely online experience um, is, is not good for kids. However, we may not be able to go back to the full time in the school just because the teachers may not want to teach. Maybe there's something out there, some kind of hybrid that's actually better than being at school full-time. I don't know, just a thought. <laughs> well, if, if I can go back, I don't know, 15 years, I, I would say so. Yeah. Hope, hopefully there was some type of a uh, home instruction Yeah. and yeah, school I, instruction. I remember a senior in high school sitting in a room and, and, and it was a cooled room and the lights were dimmed and the guy had an overhead and he, he would write on a clear piece of plastic and he would say, now, this is the date that World War II started. This is the date that it ended. This is the date. And we are all writing it down. And the idea was, you know, just, just regurgitate it um, on the test and get the A. I mean, that's really all I was interested in. I really wasn't a, a deep thinker then. And um, yeah, that was great. But I've often thought that if I was a history teacher now, man, I'd be, I'd be using all sorts of videos, sometimes in class, you know, some of these history channel things. Um, sometimes YouTube stuff, because there's some interesting theories about life and history out there. Um, so it could be homework assignment. It could be in work, in, in, in school, you know, work. But I think that some kind of blend um, would, would be really interesting. And, and I think it'd be way more vivid and way more uh, uh, easier to understand and promote perhaps more um, critical thinking um, among the students. So hopefully they can, you know, come to something that's, that's, that's bigger and better rather than just one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, really at the end of the day, think about this one teacher talking 
to 30 students and them writing it down. That's, that's kind of an old passe model. Now there can be computers and videos and audios and all sorts of other kinds of things that the teacher can bring along the kids in terms of critical thinking and really living and breathing, you know, the topic that they're trying to convey. So hopefully they'll come up with something, but yeah, if I was a teacher, especially if I was a teacher where your classes cycle, I mean, if you're in, you know, elementary, you got 30 kids. Okay. That's one thing. That's a concern. But if you've got six, six classes of 30 kids coming in, now you're seeing some pretty big exposure. Right. But what an opportunity to do something better. I'm, I remember when I was in, in junior high school, they were cutting back the budget and they were going from um, six classes a day to five. And what that was going to do is going to cut out all the industrial arts, the stuff that I really liked, wood shop, electric shop, drafting, all that kind of stuff. And I was at a school where they, they prided themselves on that. And, and the other stuff, I mean, band and I mean, a lot of the extracurriculars were going to be that six period that was going to go away. And we were in school from, I don't know, basically nine to three. And the teachers got together and they said, we don't want to give that up. What if we double the length of the classroom and then have only three classes a day, A schedule, B schedule? And they said, if we do that, we could actually get out at 1.30 or two. So the teachers will get out a little earlier in exchange. We would still have six periods and we would be able to keep these extracurricular classes. And we did it. And I thought it worked out really well. What a, what a truly creative way to, to find a solution and, and really win-win, I thought, at that point. I don't know whether they're still doing that anymore, but uh, my hat's off to the, the people that came up with that. I thought that was, you know, I thought that that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. But going back real quick to yeah. how, um, you know, the virus is going to kind of change how we communicate with others and, you know, the job occupations and, you know, a, a lot of people, we've discussed this before, you know, the, the hybrid work week, how, how much are people going to go into the office versus work from home? Yeah. I, I think only the future will tell. Yeah. Hey, with your new job, has there been any discussion about you working from home? The answer is no. It's okay. a very small, it's a very small firm. Okay. However, um, for other jobs that I applied to and that I got offers from, mm -hmm. um, many of them offered a hybrid work week. Um, so long as the hours were billed and, you know, I did my job sufficiently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this in, in past episodes. Um, I, I, I know lawyers that, you know, had big corner offices, they showed up, blah, 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 blah. They had all sorts of associates running around doing their bidding and, there's they're saying to me i'm not going back five days i may go back three days four days and by the way i don't need the big corner office maybe i'll share that office with one of the other partners because i'm not there and i'll do some stuff from the kitchen table or i've built a little studio at home or i've built a little um uh, you know office at home and i'm just i'm just not going to drive yeah I'm, I'm just not going to do that anymore i've complained for years about traffic and how unproductive that time was and how life shortening it was. And, you know, now you've got Elon talking about how traffic, um, you know, drains your soul and you've got people saying, I'm not going to spend that much time on the road. And I think things have, I think things have changed. People are looking at the length of the, their day, the total length of their day saying, I don't want to do that anymore. There's some days I can be more productive, be more energetic, be more engaged by, by doing this stuff at, at home. 
you know, um, a lot of listeners may may remember that I'm still practicing law. I've got a small practice that I I still maintain, and I haven't I haven't been in court in two three years. Driving all the way to court, clearing security, talking with all the attorneys for you know a two minute appearance in front of a judge. Haven't done it, and I get on a Zoom call, and they call the case. Ba ba ba. Done done done. I can I can bill the client. You know maybe half an hour to get ready to sit there and wait and then have my my turn called as opposed to an hour to court an hour back and this and that and da, 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 hurry up and wait it's so much more efficient back in the day when i was a, a bankruptcy trustee there would be mm, 15 people and their lawyers showing up um every hour and we would do that for you know six or seven sometimes eight um, hours in a row. And you think of all those people coming in, all the gasoline, all the time, all the whatever. Right now they're doing it by Zoom. I hope they continue to do it by Zoom. People can jump in, jump out. I've seen people do it you know, from their car while they're driving somewhere. They're not supposed to do that. They really should put their full concentration into it. But um, it, it's so much more efficient. It's just stunning to me, just absolutely stunning how much gas was burned, how much pollution was created, how much time was wasted. You know, I mean, think of this, Nick, back when, 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 when the Corona hit, um, we just shut it down for a while. We, we were just, you know, we just shut it down. And um, our engineer would text me and say, hey, you know, it's pretty safe to come back in, you know, come on back in. I'm not going back in. I'm not going out of the house. I'm hanging out here for, I don't know what's going on out there. We didn't know. We were afraid. I was afraid. We just didn't know. And then our engineer says, well, you know, you can, you know, we could do it by zoom. And nah, I'm not going to do it by zoom. We're, we're pros. We go to the studio. We do the manly stuff and go to the studio. And then as it started to drag out, I said, well, let's run a test. You know, our engineer said, let's do a test. And, and it works. I can't see us going back to the studio. And, and no, sh- no and, shot, Dave. No yeah. shot, Dave. We're not going to do it. No. We're, we're just we're not going to do it from. Uh, what was that one movie? I think uh, Wolf of Wall Street. We're not going to do it. Not we're gonna not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And and the cool thing is, if, if we were doing it live, um, we wouldn't be able to bring you in because you live down in San Diego. We have done this show remotely from uh, Bakersfield, from Seattle from a number of places. And I think it allows us to be much more creative, put out a better product. We can do it in a shorter period of time. And I don't, I don't ever, I don't ever see us going back. So amazing stuff. And and there has been a bit of a silver lining, if you will, of course, there's been tremendous hardship, um, tremendous, um, a, num- a tremendous number of people that have died, et cetera, et cetera. But if you're trying to find a silver cloud and or silver lining in the cloud, you know, I think that this would be one of them. And, and frankly, I think the great resignation or the great renegotiation or the great evaluation of work and life um, has been a, a, a positive part of that. So I think that's a wrap. I will talk about this again, I'm, I'm sure, because this whole topic, all of these issues that attach to it are changing around us, but uh, we'll come back to that. But that's a wrap. This is Dave Hagen, and you are listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. 
You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications. Let's listen in now as Dave answers some emails. Nick, you got a quick one for me? I do. It's from Sheila. And Sheila asks, should I use a money manager for my savings account? Interesting. Here's my thought, Sheila. You know, I I really can't say because I, I, I don't know you and your life circumstance um, and all of the things that that you're doing, I don't know your your interest in investing. I don't know your your interest in spending time learning about how to invest. I don't know the size of your savings, et cetera, et cetera. But I think this is a fascinating topic, and we're going to spend a couple of uh, podcasts in the coming weeks on this. I want to spend some time talking about who are your advisors, and then a podcast on. Should I have my money professionally managed? For those of you that don't know, there's lots of places out there where you can turn over your money to them and they will invest it for you. And then every year you come back and say, well, what'd you make me? Up or down or sideways or what's going on there? (laughs) So, you know, I, I think that this is a topic that people should look at. It's not something that I really thought about. Um, you know, in when, when I was coming up and I wish I'd thought about it more when I was coming up, but that's a, that's a, that's a whole podcast. You don't have someone manage your dough, do you? I, I don't Dave. No, no. I mean, you're kind of a student of the topic. That's one of the reasons why it's, it's so interesting to, to have you on the podcast. Um, so you, you probably, you probably do your own. Now, that being said, you might do some things that are a little more risky than, you know, then I would feel comfortable, but you're not out there on a limb. You're not doing crazy stuff and uh, you're, you're doing well. Yeah. And, you know, maybe just maybe if I had more money invested, mm-hmm. possibly I can consider a money manager. Mm-hmm. Um, but as of right now, especially with student loans um, and if Biden doesn't wipe them away, or another future president. Nor should um, he. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> sorry. That that's another episode. Another yeah, episode. That's a whole nother episode. A whole nother um, discussion. Argument. I mean discussion. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for right now, you know, I I don't have much to play with. Right. And so I, I feel like I don't need to pay a fee to have someone watch my money. Yeah. Um, for our listeners, money managers, I don't know, they'll 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 charge maybe a point a year. And the, and the thought is they can do that much better in the market. And so the point that you pay them is nothing compared to, you know, the extra money that they, they get you, but there's, there's other issues involved, like the amount, how much risk you're willing to take, how far along are you in, in your plan, your, your life, financial wellness plan, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, Tune in, Sheila, because we're going to spend some time the next couple of weeks. I can think of at least two episodes, you know, where I want to get on my high horse and, and, and talk about that a little bit. But I think it'll be beneficial for, you know, for our listeners as well. Well, I, I think that's a wrap. Thanks to Sheila for the email. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Most importantly, thanks to Nick for joining us. Always good to have you here. 
Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Sheila, for chiming in. You got it. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. This is Dave Hagan, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.